Well, welcome back to the program. We've been trying to reach Peter Morici, who, uh, I don't know, maybe it's an East Coast, West, uh, you know, Heartland thing. I don't know. But, but we can't reach Peter. He wrote a, a piece talking about um, the economy and why voters are so darn unhappy with the economy and with Biden and uh, some of the myths and that the so-called professional economists, including Fed, not well, former Fed um leader and now secretary of the treasury janet yellen are saying well this is all just temporary and you know now she's saying by the way it's going to go to the end of the year but uh you know these people are trying to tell us that the more they spend the better it is for the that's the left's mantra the more they spend the then in quote invest the better it is for all of us and uh you know for every dollar of spending there's two or three dollars of production yeah that just doesn't work economically and he goes through a nice treatise on that we'll continue to try to get him and uh, hopefully we can connect with peter uh but uh, but in the meantime I certainly want to talk to ask you about the economy your economy uh the impact of inflation on you and what you think should be done about it um it's you know we see fed raises the interest rates uh what a, a quarter of a percent last week and they predict up to five or six more what is that going to do to your if you are a small business man or woman if uh, you're in finance and perhaps you're working for a small business that had planned on expanding uh, building more capital buying more machinery for the for the floor the, the work floor do you do you anticipate that this is going to put a, a crunch in the growth? Will it lead to uh, a recession? Because that's the problem. They need to thread the needle. How are they going to do that? Can they can they thread the needle with tamping down inflation by raising rates without? tumbling us into a recession and i am not certain that can be done uh whenever the government tries to manipulate things it it gets us into trouble so um i will have to follow it and see where it happens thus far it hasn't had an impact on the market i think the market had already factored that in i know we talked with our friend eric robert last week and uh he echoed uh, the same sentiment um so we'll, we'll be following that uh but on another note it's time that we Open up the can o worms. And Leah, I hesitate to do this, but we're going to do it anyway. Well, we were talking about Eric Greitens and about uh, the whole flap with his wife, his ex-wife, who has filed, uh, you know, an affidavit saying that, you know, there were uh, basically abusive behavior, including his children. Uh, and, and but the problem is, and, and he, he states, on the other hand, that if these problems were going on in the past, why weren't they brought up then during the hearing? And and so it's back and forth um, now. Who knows where the truth lies? But we know if we look at the history, he had an admitted affair with a mistress. There was the issue of uh, a photograph allegedly taken and then, you know, with some 50 shades of, you know, governor kind of stuff going on there. And uh, he which he denied vehemently. Then there was the investigation into where he was not personally found at uh, to be to be uh, mistaken, but the campaign had shared a list, I guess from his, there was a list shared between his, the, uh, the veterans support organization, his nonprofit with his campaign. And while he wasn't personally found to be at fault there, uh, the campaign was so lots of, you know, splitting of hairs going on there. Um, but, but in an affidavit filed on Monday, in Boone County, Circuit Court alleged that 
Eric Rydens knocked her down, confiscated her cell phone, threatened her into continued silence, also alleged that he struck their three-year-old child and pulled him by his hair. Uh, quote, this behavior included physical violence toward our children, such as cuffing then three-year-old son across the face at the dinner table in front of me and yanking him around by his hair. Um, so uh, who knows where it's all at? But, but the question remains, if Eric Greitens is the nominee for the GOP for the Senate seat that Roy Blunt now holds, he's retiring, what what happens in the general? The polling suggests that despite uh, whether you place him against either of the the likely Democrat candidates in the uh, in the general, that it's a one point deal. I mean, so therefore it's a toss up and therefore it's not a safe seat, which it was predicted to be by all the polling going into the race. Where do you stand on that? 314-912-1019. Eric Greitens says there's a conspiracy against him, essentially. I'm paraphrasing. He won't come on with with, uh, with us. We've reached out to him to, to come on the air. We'll not. Uh, News Talk STL's reached out to him, and he won't come on the air. He has appeared on some other conservative outlets. But the allegation he makes is that there's a big conspiracy, uh, that the rhinos are out to get him, that, uh, you know, he, the first thing he'll do is vote, vote against Mitch McConnell. He said in an interview the other day, I for one, and then boy, I heard an interesting theory the other day, and that is that he might be uh, he might be Akins. What does that mean? Remember when Todd Akins made the comment about uh, back in the in a run for for Senate that uh, that there there might be a legitimate abortion that then the or if it's there's a quote legitimate rape is what he used that then that would uh you know would miscarry automatically totally poppycock nonsensical stuff well democrats crossed the aisle would have crossed the aisle and that was the concern would have crossed the aisle to nominate him and then because we we have an open primary state and knowing that he'd be defeated in the general well is that possible that democrats could cross the aisle now, I don't know if they need to. He's he's leading still in the Eric Rydens is leading in the polling, at least most of the polling I see in the primaries. I'd like to hear from women in the group. Is a is an affair, an extramarital affair, a reason to vote uh, to to uh, eliminate a candidate from your short list? 314-912-1019. Many would say, I don't look at Donald Trump. Lots of lots of uh you know, burrs under his saddle and skeletons in his closet, but we don't elect, we're not electing a pastor. That's what people on the religious right have said. You know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not there for a religious leader. I want a guy that's going to give me sound policy. And I think it can be fairly be said that in most cases he did. He was not a true conservative all the way, uh, cause he preserved a lot of the entitlement programs and exp- I mean, at least for the foreign policy and the borders and a lot of other things, I think we can say he was spot on. He tried to get Obamacare defeated. You know that Obamacare that saved everyone $2,500 in their premiums? Remember that? What have you done with all that money? What did you build with that? Did you build a little, you know, screened-in porch in the back, you know, or put a new deck on? <laughs> that was not the case. It actually rose prices for most, most Americans uh, by direct and indirect causes. But you have to wonder... Um, 
you know, and and think about these kind of matters. Do we do we elect a president largely because of character or largely because of policy? And and was Donald Trump defeated because of his character? The polling said that it was there were people that voted for him and allegedly it was the suburban. So any of you suburban white women out there, that was what the media reported. Suburban white voters who voted for Donald Trump in the in the 2016 election couldn't pull the trigger for him in the uh, you know in the 2020 election because of character matters and many here in the GOP in Missouri would say uh, you know rabid supporters would say absolutely we're going to uh, you know we're going to vote for him. So I don't know. I don't know where it's at. We'll have to figure out, you know, where it's going to go and what uh, what the bottom line is on that. Um, I, I, for one, have problems when you have high-profile character matters, when you have other candidates, Vicki Hartzler, Eric Schmidt, who, okay, I mean, maybe they're not 100% American conservative union uh, or club for growth people, but still have pretty solid records. Uh, oh, how about uh, Mark McCluskey? You know, I mean, yeah, he's a he, he's a dark horse in the race, I think. But certainly, uh, boy, trying to defend his property, he and his wife, that's a that's a pretty standard American traditional value. Most of us conservatives can get behind. There's a lot to be said for that. Uh, give me a buzz. I'd, I'd like to know. We'll step aside and take a break. And then I'd like to know your thoughts on this matter, because it is pivotal. I mean, think about it. If. If it comes down to a dogfight, Eric Greitens is the nominee for the GOP senatorial seat in uh, what will now be the junior seat because Josh Hawley will be the senior senator. Uh, The RNC is going to have to then dedicate a lot of resources. It's going to be a dogfight, and it could be a tipper at the national level in the Senate, you know, GOP versus Democrat in what should be a safe seat. Where do you stand on that? 314-912-1019. 314-912-1019. Let's talk about it because it's a critical issue. And boy, not only here in Missouri, but of course at the federal level, it makes a big difference how the outcome of that race falls out. Big, big deal. 314-912-1019. We'll be right back on the Tobler Show on News Talk, <clears throat> excuse me, News Talk STL 1019-941. Welcome home. Well, we're back, and uh, boy, I'm really thrilled that we were able to connect with uh, Peter Marici, of course, a a great American economist and professor emeritus uh, at the International Business at the R.H. Smith School of Business at the University of Maryland. And uh, you see him on Fox News and Newsmax and uh, prolific communicator about uh, all things economic. Uh, Thank you for being with us, Peter. Appreciate it. Nice to be with you. Hey, I was looking at a great piece. Oh, no, 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 no. No big deal at all. It's a pleasure to have you on the program. A a real privilege. Uh, You you wrote a great piece in the Washington Times uh, here uh, last week, and it's basically explaining the and you were giving uh, two dunce caps and oinks to the economic uh, talking heads within the administration and without uh, called why voters are so unhappy with the economy and Biden. And I think um, 
there are so many myths that seem to be uh, promulgated through the media, and they get traction. And it's amazing to me, and I'm glad you unpacked that. Why are we here? Why are we having this inflation? Joe Biden blames it on everyone but his policies. How much is his, his policies, and what? And how much is it coming out of the lockdowns and COVID? Well, the first thing to remember, and this is a perfectly good example uh, of what we're dealing with, is when the February numbers came out, they started hashtagging Putin's inflation. The reality is the inflation that was recorded over the year to February was prior to the invasion, prior to the sanctions and so forth. That was inflation that we created here at home. Now, that was a fundamental dishonesty. Jim Pataki uh, and, the, and, and the president himself were trying to blame their work on someone else. Who's responsible? Now, don't hit me on the head. I know this is a conservative talk show. Spent $5 trillion on stimulus, which was too much. Trump spent too much. And Biden spent a whole lot that was absolutely unnecessary. And And that money, that was financed largely by printing money. Now, if we're on an island and there's 10 of us and we've been stranded and we each have 100 bucks, Mm-hmm. And we each go into business. You know, I pick coconuts and you fish and so forth. And okay. instead of trading, we use money to do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some prices are going to settle out. Probably relative to how tough it is to get a coconut relative to fish or someone else weaves. Probably the weaver gets a lot because it takes a long time to make something for someone like us. Okay. okay. But in any case, prices set out. Then suppose instead of getting a care package, Someone mystically gives them each another hundred dollars, doubles the money supply. What's mm-hmm. going to happen to those prices? They're going to go up. Yeah, right. Now, in the early days of the pandemic, that didn't happen simply because people had no place to spend it, and businesses showed a lot of restraint. But as things wore on, there were a lot of shortages. People shifted around what they bought because you know you couldn't go to a restaurant, so you bought another computer. Okay, you made your house a little bit nicer. You bought a Peloton for much more than it's worth. Okay, just much more than it's worth. That's <laughs> I know, we did that. Yeah, guilty as accused. Okay, and Grubhub, <laughs> you know, and all the rest of What is it, Instacart and all that? You paid those people too much to deliver it to groceries <laughs> and so forth. Well, all that's coming. Anyway, so as this money got out in circulation, finally, it caused inflation. Now, when Biden took office, Democratic economists outside the administration were telling him that this is too big, two trillion dollars is too much. Larry Summers, for example, who was, you know, one of Clinton's se- uh, Treasury secretaries mm-hmm. now at Harvard. Okay, I was writing about it. I really get a kick out of how people say, "Well, you know, Summers was out in front." I was writing about that last February in the Washington Times. I said, this is too big and it's too much. He was warned. But in the water at the White House, everything, absolutely all the problems of mankind, including kidney cancer, is due to uh, racism, the greed yes. of monopolies, mm-hmm. okay, and so forth. And there was this myth going around, propagated by a professor at University, SUNY Stony Brook, State University of New York at Stony Brook, that you could print money and the government could just spend as it pleased. And if we got a little bit of inflation, it could raise interest rates and easily haul it back. Well, you've seen how well they have hauled in the whale. They haven't. So you've got those problems. So that's one set of issues. 
The second thing is, let's face it, we have a political operative and lawyer at the Federal Reserve. He recently said, oh, soft landings are more common than you think. We have never had a soft landing off of 7% inflation. Never, never, never. The neat thing about that job is you get to say those outrageous things and never get questioned. <laughs> I mean, I think that I think that, 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 that Powell would just as soon meet Satan on his own ground than debate me on the subject. <laughs> okay? It, are, I, is I, that I really to say... Do. Is that to say that there's no threading the needle, Peter? What? Is that to say there's no threading the needle that uh, with their delic- with their announced well, increase they in you that? This is great. You talk about the mainstream media. Here it comes. Enter stage left. Bloomberg. Right. Okay. They're writing all kinds of crap over there that we've had soft landings. For example, they cite Greenspan raising interest rates in the '90s. When he did that, inflation was just taking off from about 1.5% to 2.5%. He was ahead of the game, and he curbed, he raised interest rates a bit, slowed things down a bit without a recession, but he was dealing with 2% inflation, not 8% mm-hmm. inflation. Uh-huh. And uh, now, there was another Bloomberg article, and you know, basically you got dilettantes over there, people who majored in history at some Ivy League university where they learned critical race theory and how to hate their parents, and they show this chart <laughs> with lots of instances, the, the Fed raising interest rates, but a recession not happening. That's true. But those occurred because the Fed raised them early and before much inflation got heated up. So there was mm-hmm. nothing to curb. What's ah. happened now is what happened in the 70s. And that is inflation expectations have built up. People expect it to be this way. Businesses are getting very aggressive. Heck, uh, Chuck died at Trader Joe's and they jacked up the price of uh, two buck chucks by, you know, uh, about 20 percent, not eight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, his kids are saying, well, here we go. We're going to really <laughs> ride, ride that legacy. Uh, look over it. Look at over at Apple. What's going on? Um, you know, when you go in to buy a phone now, you don't get a charger, and the boss pays himself $90 billion. There's an oink. Yeah. Um, probably yeah. two oinks for him. Uh, if you, but that's that, you know, there's a lot of myths. Here's another one Build Back Better will pay for itself $6 trillion worth. Okay. That's what it would cost if those programs really ran 10 years, not, not mm-hmm. 18 months like they claim. All right. Be six trillion dollars. How much is six trillion dollars? That's the net worth of all the billionaires in the United States. So after 10 wow. years, if you tax them, you're out of billionaires. So you got to you got to print the money. Well, yeah. we have a Treasury secretary. OK, you got to remember, she's a labor economist. She's not a macro economist. She was over at the Fed, frankly, because of female promotion. It was an affirmative action thing. OK, mm-hmm. like we're seeing mm-hmm. right now with the Supreme Court. Sure. Uh, and up. Uh, she uh, she's saying that build back better is going to be <clears throat> deflationary. It's going to curb inflation. For example, it's going to make childcare cheaper. No, it's just going to subsidize it. It's going to make it much more expensive. It's Obamacare on a baby carriage. Yeah, yeah. And it's just example after example. The other one, monopolists. Okay, let's suppose monopolists are causing this inflation. What happened between November two thousand and twenty? And inauguration day in 2021. After all, did all these monopolists happen as a result of the January 6th riot? I mean, where did all these monopolists come from that that Donald Trump didn't have? (laughs) We have the same four major meat packers in now that we had back in 2000. Where did they all come from? 
Well, what do you say about is 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 that the same uh, argument then you'd use with the supposed the alleged oil gouging that Biden's placing uh, the gas inflation on and the fuel prices on? It's not oil gouging; it's supply and demand. What do you expect when there's a shortage? The price is going to clear the market. If not, you're going to have gas lines. Basically, this is what they do: they blame business, they blame white people. Basically. The Democrats are uh, kind of a collusive society of jealousy and hate. Most of them don't know how to do anything useful in the world. So their whole careers are premised on government jobs and creating government jobs for the executive class, which is where we're getting all these political appointees. How many of them ever earned a nickel, an honest nickel in the private sector? I don't mean going out and being a consultant after public service and getting a fee for peddling influence. Right. Or being someone's right. son who does that, we won't name names there. <laughs> or being the, being the son-in-law of a president and finding that people yeah. will generously contribute to your hedge fund. Because after <laughs> all, you never know when the wife might become president. <laughs> We're talking with Peter you know, Maurice, really of course. It's really easy to raise money when you're yeah. the son yeah. or a brother of a president or a, or a daughter or a <laughs> sister, you know. Um, uh, you know, I... Well, <laughs> I'm but, sorry, but that, I'm having trouble with these people. This okay. begs this begs the question, though, Peter. Um, how the American public, I think, is pretty on to the fact that not only were the uh, the the uh, cares one cares two who cares act uh, the the American Rescue Plan. I think everyone realizes not only was it an overreaction with overstimulus, over welfare in hardship time, but it was it was a one size fits all. People that retained their jobs and were working from home uh, continued to get the checks and so forth. And, but now they're going to double down in another way. Leading up to the midterms, there's now talk. I was, I thought it was a joke when I heard about gas cards coming well, from the White House. I think they're going to have a, a lot of trouble uh, with those distributing, getting the Republicans to go along with distributing that money. I you think really so. Do. I don't think that's. I think yeah. Basically, that's a campaign thing. You've got a local Democrat who's in trouble, saying, you know, I propose three hundred dollars a month, and my opponent here, he was opposed to it. Okay. You vote for me, you'll get your three hundred bucks. It was kind of like you know. You know, down in, in Georgia during during the runoff, they were they were promising stimulus checks if you gave them two more Republican senators. But, you know, the Republicans bear some responsibility for that mess. They didn't come out uh-huh. and vote because they listened to Trump's fraud line. Right. Whatever, that was a huge mistake. Were for Trump losing. Hold on. Whatever the reasons were for Trump losing, that's no excuse to hand the United States Senate to the Democrats, which is exactly right. what conservatives and Republicans did in Georgia by staying home. And when Donald Trump tells Republicans and conservatives to stay home because he doesn't like somebody, that's the time to stop listening to Trump. If you don't want to have me back on your radio show for saying that, just tell me, okay? No, no, Peter, you and I are in the same boat. I've lost listeners. I've had scorn. I've been criticized because, uh, you know, I call balls and strikes, and clearly you do. That's why I treasure you being with me. I mean, look, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. The vote count was legitimate. What we can talk about. What we can talk about was improprieties in the voting rules. You know, what mm-hmm. period of time mm-hmm. people had to vote and so yes. forth. And yes. those are the things the election law reforms are taking care of. 
Right. You know, election law is much more liberal in Florida now than it is in New York. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, really, the, the entire mm-hmm. New York state legislature and governor should be hoisted from the Democratic Party if they're going to criticize the people in Florida for their. Right. But you know how they are. No, I you're mean, right. Basic, ba- basically, if Pinocchio was put in the in the in, in the in the president's cabinet, he'd say, heck, you don't need me. You all got noses longer than Satan. <laughs> I mean, Josh, there's more mendacity in the Democratic Party than there is in than there is in the communist in the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, I mean, you know, and yet, and yet, and yet, we have honest, this travel. Get rid of capitalism. AOC yeah, wants not- to get rid of capitalism, but she's dishonest about it. <laughs> hey, but, but I do want to talk with you because I and heard you defend. Way, you, you don't see Bernie and AOC saying, "Let's get out there and do something for the Ukrainians." <laughs> no. You're right. You're right. Hey, I do. I do want to challenge you a little bit, though, on your not your support, but your defense of the fact that there's not the the monopolies, the monopolists, the oligopolists, you know, at Apple and uh, all the others didn't didn't just arise on January 20th of uh, 2021. That they were there before and they've been there. I am concerned about the the ability of our social media to cancel conservative voices uh, preferentially and not uh, somehow be regulated as as basically platforms of free speech. Uh, and I think that threatens a, a robust discussion. I played well, earlier. I won't play it again, but we, we had a we had a, I played a I played a Twitter feed. There was a guy who was on Twitter celebrating the fact that Clarence Thomas was in the hospital and he was giddy that and hoping that Clarence Thomas would die so a lefty judge could get in there and yet he was oh. not canceled from TikTok but yet if i say no, I, that you, know, you see where i'm going with this so what do you say about yeah, breaking no, 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 up no, some I of those monopolies i have been canceled i know i don't i'm a columnist i'm a weekly columnist in the washington times i'm in, i'm a weekly columnist at at, at market watch dow jones market watch now that is not a conservative outlet no. Okay, that's very, very mainstream legitimate. I mean, I do stand out there for my views, but I have a, and my, my editor is very liberal, but he also like uh, he's the son of a professor from the good old days. Not now. Right. Well, we right. believe in opposing views, yes. but uh, I can't get a green check on Twitter. Huh. I have been canceled at NBC. You, you will not see my face on an NBC network. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you will not hear me interviewed live on NPR. So what's to be well, said about that, when though? You hear me I on mean, NPR. It's usually through American public media, and so forth. Uh, there is really no no good answer to this until you have a competent Republican president, someone who knows how to work the system and who has credibility. Uh-huh. That's why we need someone other than Trump as president. Yeah, because I, you know it's going to be a rerun. From the very first day, the Democrats and our foreign allies did not recognize the legitimacy of Donald Trump. That's what it comes down to. Right. And right. a terrible sin was committed this week in the Senate, and that is they basically sh- should have opposed this appointment, and yeah. they should put a put a lot of pressure on Manchin to oppose it, yeah. simply because of the way they behaved. And, t- you know, towards uh, Kavanaugh and, and, and the other. And they basically should say, we're staying out of this room and not voting on this until Justice Kavanaugh and I'm sorry, Amy. Amy Coney Barrett. Amy Coney, Amy Barrett. Coney Barrett can come into this chamber and you will stand up and apologize to her. Then we will vote on this. So this ends. 
because you know what happens is we'll get back in and then they'll deal with our Supreme Court nominees the same way again. This goes all the way back to Bork. They did not settle scores this week. One of the problems with Republicans is they don't have enough to test around. There's a lot of bad stuff going on. There's nobody really speaking for the Republican Party calling out the president on these things. We get little quips from McConnell. McConnell is a very good mechanic, but, Mm -hmm. you know, he's not an engineer. Well, I'm fascinated by your analysis because I think you're spot on. I think we've lost our way. Because we were so reflexively supportive of someone who spoke his mind, who had accomplished something in the private sector, and had that rugged, you know, I don't really care what you think, I'm going to say what I think. And there was that attractiveness about, about That's Donald okay Trump. That's John Wayne movie. Yeah. It's over yeah. in two hours, and it's scripted, and you know you're going right. to win in the end. I mean, right. you know, John Wayne, I think, only dies in one movie I've ever seen, and that's The Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so then the boys, the boys, boys go back and take revenge. Yeah, and maybe in the shootest, he might have died at the end. The, he he was in a shootout. That was his last movie. Uh, <laughs> he was dying of cancer, and he played he played a, a, a sort of a semi-retired gunslinger who who was dying of cancer out of his era. You know, it was like the eighteen late eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties, when all you know the police had arrived in the Wild West. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but I mean that's okay in a John Wayne movie. But you know th- this 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 is not Red River or Stagecoach. This is real life. You can't say you like Putin. There is nothing to like about Vladimir Putin. I got whacked on the head for referencing Hitler with regard to Putin or Z. Oh, about a year ago at Fox, they told me you can't do that. You can't say Hitler's name. And they apologized for me in the next segment. But fortunately, they didn't cancel me. This week, finally, a columnist at the Wall Street Journal said Putin is Hitler. So I'm hoping that finally gives me license because that's exactly what he is. But the problem here, friend, so is President Z. And we need Mm -hmm. to recognize what we're dealing with. You don't. It is very hard to have diplomacy with people for whom mendacity is a standard business practice and a fundamental element of their national policy. Yeah. Well, I, I wish mean, so I wish you could have heard. It's kind I, of like I, dealing with deans, I guess, you know. But then again, I yeah. never got along well with deans. <laughs> no, that's not true. I think we all learned that you don't you don't uh, play nice with bullies. You have to uh, carry a very big stick. Yeah, it's worse than bullies. But you know, look at how unprepared we are. Look at how unprepared we are. The the Russians and the Chinese have satellite jamming. Uh, equipment. They can basically disable our satellites, which essentially disables the navigation of the modern fleet. Mm-hmm. They have uh, uh, these hypersonic missiles. We don't. Uh, you know, a hypersonic missile can be sent halfway around the world and, and, and take out something like the World Trade Center without much difficulty. You don't have to hijack an airplane. It can and evade our missile defense clear. systems. Yeah. Right. But we don't have those. Where has the Pentagon been? Now, that goes back to the Trump years and Obama before him. The Pentagon has grown fat and lazy. It spends more than China and Russia combined. And remember, our allies are spending money as well. Britain Mm -hmm. is spending a lot for its size. As a consequence, you have to say, what's going on over there? And, of course, Anthony Blinken, if his wife had cancer, he would want to negotiate with the tumor and keep lines of communications open. (laughs) He wouldn't want to antagonize it with chemotherapy. 
Yeah. God uh, forbid it, that would escalate the cancer. It might stre- spread right, further. Exactly. <laughs> it, it would metastasize it. As if Putin is not metastasizing. Yeah. But the thing about it is those guys really should be rechristened. Lloyd Austin and Anthony Blinken should now be called the secretaries of weakness and appeasement. Hey, but you know they're doing a good job on that diversity, equity, and inclusion agenda. They're doing well, a really good job. I, there. I can tell you this: our Navy captains know all about diversity training. But whether they're up to date on strategy and tactics, and whether their boats are ready, no. One of the really sad things is, you know, in World War II, you got your orders and you're out there a lot on your own because we couldn't be using communications for getting for fear of getting picked off. So you right. went out there in your in your sub and you started picking off, you know, Japanese and, and, and German boats. Our captains don't know how to sail on their own. Uh, uh, they don't have to do yeah. much of anything on their own. <laughs> they're a bunch of they're a bunch of university bureaucrats. You know, yeah, if you ask yeah. Dean a question, he says, "Well, let me see what the provost will let me do." Okay, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what they do. You know, yeah. that's what they do. Uh, well, Peter, I, um, our time's up, and I can't thank you enough for being with me. I hope you'll join us in the future because you're you're so spot on, not only economically but politically. I I wish you'd run for well, office, my friend. Is there any is there any chance of that? Can you run for office? I'll come back again. I'll come back again. But the, the point is, is will you survive this interview with me? Let's see how much bad mail you get. Anyway. Oh yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, contact well, him. Hold on. Two things. Can I get a plug in? I'm please. P Marici one on Twitter. P-M-O-R-I-C-I-1, the number one. And if yes. you want to get on the email list for my columns, just send an email to pmarici at gmail.com. P-M-O-R-I-C-I at gmail.com. Put mailing lists in the subject line so I don't mistakenly erase you. Okay. No, this is beautiful. Hey, thank you so much. It's a, you're, you're a national treasure. We need to. You need to run for office, my friend. Actually, I was offered an opportunity to do that, but um, yeah. I'm happy as I am. Uh, right. You know, uh, uh, I I am. I'm in, I'm not in a very good district for that. We have a very okay. fine but very very liberal, uh, you know, uh, congressman. Yeah, who they it'd love. be hard. <laughs> you'll have to you'll have to hand out gas cards to get elected there. Hey, thanks, Peter. Have a great weekend. <laughs> Take care. Bye bye. There he is, Peter Marisi, at pmarisi1, or you can email him at pmarisi at gmail.com. What do you think about what he said about Trump? Did that get your hackles raised a little bit? Oh, let me know. 314-912-1019 here on News Talk STL, 1019-941. We'll be back. We're back. And it's interesting that uh, Peter Morisi was so, um, I I think, so analytically accurate. I'm going to say that. Analytically accurate about Donald Trump and about the potential hazard that I think he brings to a 24 presidential bid. As much as I think he brought a lot of great policy, as much as his transparency and his forthrightness in what he said was refreshing, Compared to, well, especially in contrast to this week's confirmation hearings when Ketanji Brown-Jackson couldn't even define what a woman is, couldn't say when life begins, dodging and rope-a-doping the whole time. It's refreshing to have a politician that's just out there saying what they believe. On the other hand, 
so many dents in the armor, so many points of weakness. You can't deny that character weakness that, oh, my gosh, give me a candidate that has the same policy stance, the same refreshing authenticity, but has a little cleaner character profile. And I think it is a slam dunk, absolute home run in 2024. And the conservative cause moves forward. And undoes an awful lot of damage that the liberals have done, starting with Obama. And um, Trump was able to re- roll back some regulations. Of course, a lot of those rollbacks were re- reversed by by uh, Biden right off the bat. The Keystone Pipeline defeated, shot ourselves in our foot with our energy independence. It not only translated to the unbelievably stratospheric gasoline and diesel prices. I can't believe it cost me 150 bucks to fill my truck up the other day what? with diesel. 150 bucks. What? And I only get about 15, 16 miles to the gallon. I mean, my God, and it, it's terrible. I remember what my dad told me. I'm driving like that again when I was a teenager because I had to put my own gas in my car. You know, I had when I drove to work, that's that was part of the deal. It's like, son, you got to learn that there's costs associated with the job, and you got to make sure that what you're making and the hours you work and the time you put in pays for those costs. And so, and that was a good good lesson. Miss Dad not calling me after the show. Dad passed away three four weeks ago. It's tough. He used to call me after the show, give me encouragement. But Dad, Dad reminded me. He says now when you're you know because in those days you know gas. This was during the seventies when I started to drive gasoline was incredibly high there were gas lines leah you won't remember this but you'll hear people talk about it and i know many of you out there remember depending on the last digit of your license plate if it was an even number you could buy gas on monday wednesday friday if it was an odd number tuesday thursday saturday as god is my witness i don't remember the specifics of it but there were gas lines and there was rationed because there was an oil embargo going on uh with the middle east and it was really tough and so he told me Drive like there's an egg under the accelerator. I remember that to this day. Drive like there's an egg there. You don't want to, oh, be careful as you accelerate. Slowly, slowly. And don't, you know, if you see a stop sign coming up or a stop light, you know, take your foot off the gas. Don't use the brake. Let the engine slow you down. And that way you save it. It's hilarious. Uh, And that's what I'm starting to do again because, my God, the prices are ridiculous. And it was the policies of Joe Biden it wasn't the monopolies like Peter Morisi says. He nailed it. It wasn't. There were there were only a few big oil companies then, just like there are now. And 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 beside that, even if you blame it on the oil companies, do you blame them? If they said tomorrow that whatever you make, ladies and gentlemen, whatever your company makes, whatever product or good or service that you deliver to a consumer, if you were told that. There's a war on your industry. Uh, we're, we're not going to manufacture tennis shoes anymore. And you're a tennis shoe company because we we think the rubber that goes into tennis shoes and the, the harboring of that and then the disposal of those is toxic to the environment. It's terrible. So, you know, we're only going to have plastic shoes that are, you know, n- that that last forever. That's all we're going to have. Now, no more canvas tennis shoes. You'd probably crank tennis shoes out with using all of the raw materials you had. And for those people that wanted to buy tennis shoes, you'd raise the price because, man, I want to I hoard tennis shoes because I really like them. 
they're fashionable, they're comfortable, whatever. Well, that, that's what the oil company's doing. There's a war on their industry. I don't blame them for making a little profit. Watch the calls come in there from the liberals now. And it'll be interesting to see. If you, please stay in touch with me on Twitter at Randy Tobler, MD. Um, because, I, you know, Peter Morisi said, you know, you may not have me back on the show because people... No, I don't think many of you will, will, will go after me or Peter Morisi because we have a problem with Donald Trump as the, next, as the next presidential candidate. I think it's a huge electoral mistake. There's too many people that have dug their feet, heels in the sand. He shot himself in the foot by not saying... And Peter Morisi analyzed it right. Was there fraud that went on? Of course, there was a little fraud. There's always fraud that goes on in every election. The problem were the rules that the Democrats allowed to be promulgated because of the, and some Republicans, with the mail-in voting and the ballot harvesting, all in the name of COVID. That was the problem. It was all part and parcel of the big lockdown mistake that this country made. I said it way back when I was I was on I was vocal about it. Hey, four, six, even eight weeks of lockdown, maybe even three months. I could have. Okay, I can see a little bit of that, but there was too much lockdown for too long with a selective, uh, you know, winners and losers picked by the government approach. That was the mistake. Well, we're going to get out of here. We want to bless you as we move on to a new week and we try to figure out what's going on in the world. We'll be doing that, of course, and following this and checking in with you. Remember, keep your eyes forward and your heart heavenward as we move into the next week. Thanks for being with me. See you next time. In the beauty of the Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me as he died to make men holy. 